Hey, welcome back to the Tecmo Bros Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Andy. It's a fantasy football podcast by fantasy football fans. Hey, last time we promised you uh, some draft analysis. We have that here for you today. How do we do? How do we stack up? We're going to go ahead and give ourselves some grades, take a look at some of our picks, give you guys some insider information, do it all in under half an hour. gotta let the intro finish you can't just talk all the way through the intro and not let the intro finish you know you gotta you gotta gotta get it done yeah we paid good money for that intro (laughs) gotta enjoy it while we can yeah so we had a couple of drafts these last weekends we hope you did too and uh we hope you uh feel pretty good about your teams we know we do uh we have a couple things we want to talk about we want to talk about uh draft places where you took people um we had an auction just just today so we're looking at who we spent too much money on who we might have uh overspent on um, we want to talk about some of the other people who spent way too much money and some people who got a couple of steals here and there as we recall uh we want to talk about our snake draft as well uh give a little bit of in-depth analysis and we're going to assign some uh, letter grades to everything as we go about it as well so would you like to kick us off, Andy, reading off your team from today's auction draft? All right. So uh, pretty okay with mine. Got a few questionable picks, but I do feel overly confident. First off, uh, why don't we go over the uh, positions uh, and, and all the details of the league for Absolutely. them? Absolutely. So we are 14-team auction style. Uh, we had a live draft in person, which is important for especially auction style. You can read people a little bit better, but it's most a lot of importantly, fun. a lot of fun. Most importantly, uh, it's a standard one QB, running back, receiver, tight end, all required to start. Two flex spots could be re- running back, receiver, or tight end. Defense kicker, of course, and we have four standard bench spots. Uh, with that, it is a half point PPR, uh, so half point. For any reception, uh, standard four points for any touchdown from a quarterback, uh, just to make sure that the quarterback position is not weighted too heavily. Um, and $200 in the draft, you have to pay at least $1 for every position. Uh, we also started with a couple of interesting rounds. Now, uh, Andy, is uh, uh, this is his first year in this auction league. Um, I've been doing it for a little while. However, we changed up a couple of things, a couple of rules. Uh, I don't run this league. These were not my decisions, but uh, I thought they worked pretty well. Uh, first off, we had a uh, kind of a free agent bidding round. We called it the holdout rule, where we took the top 25 players, uh, one from each team in the order of the best player on your team. So if you had a couple of the top 25 players on your team, the top player on that list, Saquon Barkley, for example, was your holdout player. You had uh, the choice to, uh, as the uh, each team was allowed to actively openly bid on how much they would pay to sign that player. You have the choice to match their offer to retain your player uh, with a penalty of 10% of your free agent budget mm-hmm. for the for the, uh, for the the rest of the year. Uh, we also, by the way, on that subject, uh, will be bidding on free agents as well. Full auction style, ladies and gentlemen. Full bidding, full dollars the whole no way through. No player is free. Uh, so... You can match the offer for a free agent penalty. You can let that player go to that top bid. Uh, There were some negotiations involved where you could negotiate to receive some actual auction dollars in exchange up to a 10% bonus uh, on whomever you wanted to trade that player to. So anyone who bid was open for discussion that way. You could release that player entirely. 
He doesn't want to pay for the draft pool, and he goes into the draft pool. Everyone's got a shot at him. Or you can hold that player out, much like in real life. That player starts on your bench, stays on your bench until he either doesn't perform to his ESPN standard, uh, is injured, actually does hold out like Zeke or Melvin Gordon may, uh, or hits his bye. So, I mean, looking at players like, we'll give you the example, one of our guys franchise tagged, which is the holdout of Travis Kelsey. Uh, kept him for the value. He's obviously very high offered on other teams, but now he's got to wait until Travis Kelsey underperforms his standard or has a bye week, which is week 12. I should mention uh, the holdout. You keep them at their ESPN standard value. Uh, so Kelsey was kept for somewhere in the ballpark of like $37. I believe it was around $37. Uh, which is, is lower uh, for good value, but only if Kelsey is able to play sooner rather than later. So it's a, it's a bit of a gamble. And also, caveat, you're not allowed to trade or release that player for the whole season. He's stuck. He's he holding out. He is yours. He is yours to keep. Uh, now, the second round uh, was our silent auction round. Each uh, player then nominates a player from their team to be team-controlled, uh, at which point every other team may submit one blind bid on that player, uh, they they go into a hat uh, for you. The top bid can either be matched to keep them, uh, let go for that amount, or uh, if that player runs out of money, can no longer afford their bid, you can choose to release that player back into the the. So you always always have that in your back pocket. You can release the player into the draft pool if nobody wants them. So basically, there's a couple ways to look at this. Either you're going to keep the players that are fantastic, or if you're not attached to anybody on your list from last year, you're allowed to completely just erase the rest of your team, give your players away, or put them into the pool and start fresh. It's also a nice way of, without a bidding war going on, without a whole bunch of stuff flying left and right, getting an opportunity to see what somebody else is willing to pay for someone, uh, and vice versa. If you really wanted a player, uh, which we saw, we're going to go over a couple of those crazy deals, uh, you know, you, you can you can throw out something kind of ridiculous for somebody to make sure you get your guy. Uh, speaking of uh, that, Andy, who was your holdout player this year? Uh, my holdout was Le'Veon Bell. Now, uh, we should clarify our holdout positions were the top listed projections from ESPN. So yes. Le'Veon Bell obviously did not play last year, but he is highly rated this year, and he was going to be what they say is a top 15 or top 14 player. We are picking the top 14. Something like that. So just based on that, he was my holdout. So I did choose to match his value. Uh, which was $65. $65, which you lost uh, a penalty of... Um, 10% of my fab. So 7 bucks off of your, your free mm-hmm. agent budget. Uh, so how do you feel about having Le'Veon Bell as your top performer going into this season here? Uh, pretty good. Uh, what I like about Le'Veon Bell is, A, yes, he held out last year and he didn't play a single snap. I think that's a good thing. He's, he's healed. He's fully healthy. He's not going to have that wear and tear from a season before. Yeah, he's... In terms of running backs, his age is a little bit higher, but I feel confident in him having a whole year off that he's going to be rested and ready to go. In, in all fairness, he's on the Jets. The Jets have had a history of taking aging running backs and making them productive again. Uh, so I think that that's the perfect team to do so. And with a, a young quarterback like uh, Sam Darnold to be able to utilize him uh, very well in the passing game, uh, creating that 
that opening with play action. I think it's gonna gonna really provide a boost to the Jets' offense. And the half point PPR. What I like about it is if Darnold does start to panic and get in trouble. He's dumping it to Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. for a nice little six-yard, seven-yard gainer. I'll take that half point any day of the week. And you know if you're an offensive coordinator and you have Le'Veon Bell on your roster, you're going to be designing plays, halfback screens, halfback options. You're going to be putting the ball into Le'Veon Bell's hands to If he make can do plays. half of what he did in Pittsburgh, I'm going to be a pretty happy guy this year. So who was your restricted free agent, the silent blind bid? I chose to uh, restrict DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I thought that you know he's a top three receiver. Um, and pending most any crazy offer, which we'll get into a pretty crazy offer later, <laughs> um, I was going to keep him for anything less than 80 bucks. I thought, in my brain, um, which I did get to keep him then for 72 which I thought was a good value. That was uh, an, uh, that was kind of what we were discussing, too, before the draft, is about what we would expect for uh, especially the top receivers. Um, we were also expecting uh, Julio Jones to be in the restricted uh, you know, free agent round, the blind. Yeah, when we got there, we found out he was in the, the free agent he was, pool. He was in the pool, um, so that was a little bit of a, a, a curveball. But uh, the guys who have been in this league have seen what happens when you when you nominate someone you may not just necessarily want. You can just let them go because you don't have to keep them. Uh, which who knows you might get them at a discount. And Julio ended up going for sixty three. Was it? I believe it was sixty three to sixty five. I can't somewhere in that range. Specific number it was less than seventy. Less than seventy, which is what uh, the top value. two other receivers went for. The other which being uh, my. Uh, blind bid was for uh, Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went for $73. But you kept him. Uh, I kept him. Uh, I'm, I just really wanted Devontae on my team. Uh, you know, we're in Wisconsin. I'm a bit of a homer. But let's be real. Everybody out there is saying Devontae is poised for a big year. He's uh, going to finish top three. And I, you can you can quote Tecmo Bros on that. I if, if, if health is a thing, health notwithstanding, any injuries and things, those those happen. If OBJ was healthy all year last year, he would have finished easily in the top five. I believe so. Uh, so Devontae Adams, uh, counting his health, should finish top three easily. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my um, holdout, ironically enough, was Ezekiel Elliott. So it had a little bit of a little bit of irony. A little bit of drama. Right there. Um, it's funny. I was considering actually using the holdout rule, letting him stay on my bench on the off chance that he does keep his holdout going into week one. Because a rule with that, again, if he... If he is actually physically holding out in real life, that he easily underperforms his projected standard. It'll be a zero. And he'd be able to play potentially then week two as if he signs after week back. one. The downside to that is the danger, of course, of him signing and playing week one. You want him on your roster. Even, I mean, if I held him out, he was going to go for over $50 or Keep, more. Keeping him, I paid 67 To me, the difference of under $20 to make sure that he's there week one and all signs in the news are pointing to Zeke signing. Jerry Jones is, is actively offering attractive offers to him. He's not lowballing him. He's not uh, bartering with him. It's he wanted to give him a good contract, a fair contract. I think he has one of those offers out right now. I believe last we heard they offered to make him the second highest paid running back. And I know that sounds kind of offensive where he's not the top paid running back but that's Todd Gurley and we see what happens when you pay a running back top running back money I mean we're not we're not even sure Gurley's gonna finish the, the last whole season. couple of, of players to get top contract status uh including uh quarterbacks Kirk Cousins did not perform to his his expectations last year Todd Gurley's obviously got his health concerns if I'm an owner if I'm a general manager I'm going look we want to pay you what we feel like you're worth we just we have a couple other players we need to pay still, and we, we we can't invest all this money. 
Uh, if I'm if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm saying, look, Zeke, we want you as a cowboy. We want you as a cowboy for your career. We also want to be able to keep Dak and keep Amari Cooper. We want to have a chance to win the Super Bowl. We got to pay people money. So um, with that, I kept uh, Zeke outright. I'm hoping that he signs his contract real soon. Like um, the rest of your draft went a little bit different than you expected. It did. Um, before we start getting into the, the absolute nuts and bolts of the actual draft that happened, you mentioned Zeke in the news that we've got a, a couple offers on the table for him. I want to touch on just a few news options before we get into the nitty-gritty of our whole draft. Okay, okay. Just a few little tidbits. Um, in case you're wondering and you're in a super deep league or a multi-QB league, the Redskins did officially name Case Keenum as a starting quarterback. Not earth-shattering, but important to know. It does impact the effectiveness of the entire team. Uh, I feel like with Case Keenum, the the wide receivers drop by at least a, a, a half of a status. So if you were expecting a wide receiver two type output, expect a wide receiver, a, a fringe wide receiver two, wide receiver three, bump people down a slot. I don't see Case Keenum retaining the starting job uh, throughout the year. I think this is growing pains. This is just them not trying to hang their rookie out to dry. I think it's very similar to last year's uh, starting Taylor over Mayfield. They just don't want to toss the rookie out there if he potentially might not be ready in the coach's eyes. But we will probably see Haskins start by game The ridiculous thing is Haskins has looked outstanding in the preseason. His decision-making, his skill set, he looks like twice the athlete that, that anybody else is out, out there. Yes, it's the preseason. Yes, he's playing against second, third, and fourth stringers. But come on, man. We have a he couple situations like, like that, the though. franchise guy. I would agree. We, we got a couple situations like that. That we got Haskins, obviously, in Washington. Daniel Jones in New York. Right. Um, a couple things like that. But uh, just, again, moving on before we get into the draft again. Antonio Brown lost his second helmet grievance against the NFL. He's got to switch helmets. So he's got to switch. Uh, looks like he's going to. He's been practicing with we a all different saw helmet. We coming. But... Uh, we thought it might have been just drama for Hard Knocks to kind of up the ratings a little bit and make it seem like must-see TV. Perhaps it was just kind of a you know, red herring to make us want to watch that TV show. It, definitely possible. I mean, there is something to be said if he has issues with vision with one of the required helmets. I still think that he should just work with his team. His team should – the Raiders have to be trying to figure out a situation that works for him. Uh, and if he's just being stubborn and wanting his security blanket, his old helmet, come on, man. It's 2019. The The news is out there. The facts are out there. We know that the NFL has issues with concussions, issues with uh, mental health related to concussions. They're trying to protect the future of their players. Just get with the times. Come on, man. Um, speaking of uh, players protecting their future, Andrew Luck officially retired yesterday where were you when it happened is going to be a very common question for when we are older like where where were you when andrew luck retired and a lot of people were in the middle of their drafts drafting andrew luck it's it's something where you were really excited because you got ty hilton way way later than you expected to get him until you find out that his quarterback is jacoby Brissett. kind of a kind of a deal breaker kind of a just just really kind of rains on your parade it's a feels bad man for sure. Now, what are, does that put the rest of the Colts? I believe that puts the rest of the Colts as a whole for any offensive producer in a similar situation to any team trying to function under a rookie quarterback. Uh, C colon Cardinals. 
is Larry Fitzgerald going to be the number one? Is Christian Kirk going to emerge as the number one? Is Michael Crabtree going is to Is David Johnson going to have a career resurgence? Like, who knows? We don't know. Now, is it possible the Cardinals have a great offensive year under Kyler Murray? Absolutely. Um, Jacoby Brissett has had the helm of this team before. He has. And I think the one person whose stock vastly increases by this news is Marlon Mack. Absolutely. The the team's going to have to look to the running game, pounding the ball in order to to really just kind of maintain their offense because uh, it's going to be rough goings for a little while. I would say look to the preseason here. If he gets any chance to play uh, going forward, if they hold him out, if, if he's playing, keep an eye on his reads. Keep an eye on his progressions. If he's looking to any particular player, uh, I'm thinking tight ends in uh, Jack Doyle or Eric Ebron as kind of a security blanket. We've seen it before with younger or uh, unproven quarterbacks to kind of have their favorite target to dump off to for five yards at a time. Dak Prescott was just like that when he was a rookie coming in for an injured Romo, throwing the ball just about every down to Jason Witten. So keep an eye on that uh, going forward for the Colts. Now to piggyback off of favorite target uh, to find out who they're going to throw to, the biggest news of the day that I've seen so far, Josh Gordon is practicing full pads in drills. He was reinstated earlier this month. Um, so there's a good chance that he might be ready by week two or three. Doubt it'll be week one, but looks like he's getting ready sooner rather than later. In all fairness, um, I would keep keep a really, really close eye on this one. Watch your Twitter, uh, especially if you're considering or have drafted Josh Gordon. Him being in full pads with the full team means that the team should have removed him from the inactive list. If he's been removed from the inactive list... That means he's eligible to play as soon as they deem him ready. Mm -hmm. And we know Bill Belichick. Maybe he'll hold him out for one week just as a precaution. But he's with, one of your biggest offensive weapons. You almost got to play him. With Demarius Thomas still being injured, that was kind of the backup plan uh, with, I believe it was uh, Dontrell Inman who got his uh, release. Yep, and he actually re-signed with the Chargers, I believe. Which, you know, give give or take it, he's not being drafted unless you're in a super deep league. But he's not. He's Yeah, yeah. no, just. Ignore that. But the the depth of the, the Patriots could use a Josh Gordon on the field, even if he's not necessarily up to full speed. All he really has to do is is just draw a safety. Draw a safety away mm -hmm. from Julian Edelman. And the threat of Josh Gordon is, is going to increase targets for Edelman. It's going to increase targets for probably James White. Sony Michelle's getting a lot more runs. It's, it's rather good than, overall for the whole team. Rather than them being kind of a, a one-trick, run the ball to, with Sony Michelle, run the ball with James White – try to pass the ball to Julian Edelman punt, they're actually going to be able to work some some of their looks, some of the things that the Patriots like to do with with different you know motions and things uh, if Josh Gordon's on the field because he just has that threat of natural athleticism. Absolutely. Um, but with that, we conclude our news segment. I know we kind of jumped into it kind of weird, but let's get back to the draft analysis for Sam and myself with the auction draft. Now, we talked about our holdout player we talked about our restricted free agent again mine was Le'Veon bell and my restricted free agent my keeper that i matched was deandre hopkins sam we just talked about he held out zeke but he did match the offer to make sure he can play week one now this left us both in a similar situation uh we had roughly 50 some odd dollars left for the entirety of the rest of our team so we had to fill 10 players with 50 some odd dollars we had to make the picks count we knew we weren't going to be able to get top-tier talent unless we were literally willing to dollar menu the rest of our team. Uh, who was your big acquisition uh, with a good chunk of your remaining change? A good chunk of my stack actually went to Leonard Fournette. Um, someone nominated him. The way we do it, we, we go around the room and nominate one player at a time per, pl or 
per owner. Um, someone tossed up Leonard Fournette, and um, he got to about 30 bucks. Roughly. You weren't really expecting that. He wasn't like on your list of must adds. He wasn't on my must add list, but when I saw him going for 30, which is below his value, and I think he's going to have a bounce back year, injuries, you know, last year notwithstanding, um, tossed a few bids and I got up to 37, and I did get him on my team for 37. So overall, how would you grade that for yourself? Uh, letter grades A through F. I think it's a B. Um, so it's not the best move I could have made. I mean, I could have probably grabbed somebody better. Um, but he's, you gotta look, he's the bell cow of, of the Jaguars. And again, pending, he stays healthy. One thing in fantasy football that I cannot stress enough people is just cause someone was injured last year. Um, doesn't mean they're not going to have a good year this year. Like last year I drafted OBJ first overall in my snake draft and he was injured before with a broken ankle, a broken leg. And he had a fantastic year still minus the injury at the end of the year. And if you look into the recent past, uh, Arian Foster, at the end of his career was considered injury prone, but throughout his career, he was basically a must add until he started changing teams because of his just skill level. He was a beast when he was on the field. You cannot really look at a player and go, well, you don't know he, he might get hurt. Well, yeah, anybody can get hurt. This is football, right? And you look at a Leonard Fournette situation, um, especially in a half-point PPR and with limited spots on your roster, you do want to try to find someone who is both the rusher and in the pass game. So good example is I could have grabbed Sony Michelle. I could have grabbed James White. for They went for 20 and 23, I believe. But Sony Michelle's typically your run-only guy, and James White's typically your pass-only guy. At least that's how the Patriots tend to use them. Typically, again, we're just dealing in semantics here, but Leonard Fournette is a three-down on the field back at all times. So mm-hmm. I want someone like that, and for $37, a bit high off my $55 remaining stack, um, someone I couldn't pass up on at that type of value. Let's let's put it this way. Uh, how you explained it to me was essentially when the Jaguars were rocking Blake Bortles, uh, it was worthwhile to pick up Fournette when he was a rookie because he was getting the ball about as much as Saquon was, is expected to get the ball this year absolutely, all the time. Uh, as that progressed and through some of his injuries, they realized just how bad the team was. You didn't have to worry about Bortles throwing the ball at all. Uh, with Foles, though, Foles got a cannon. They've got a handful of young, talented receivers on that team. Um, is any of them going to emerge? Well, it's Nick Foles. We have to check and see who his favorite is. Uh, but when it comes to Fournette, as a as you put it, bell cow style running back, someone who's going to get the ball three downs, he's going to be on the field three downs. That's the kind of guy who who he it kind of bumps his status, injuries and all, from from a running back two, kind of a fringe running back one area and the potential that. is there and that's what's important is that you want someone who you know he can get you running back two numbers i have lev bell so i would need a right. running back perfect two. in your flex but absolutely perfect as a flex. if he has the year that he was having before he got hurt last year i've got two rb ones on my team which that's alone going to be just massive uh now i went a little bit different route uh i waited a little bit longer to try to get some more value picks uh i actually was eyeing up and I cannot stress this uh, enough. Uh, Tevin Coleman. It's Kyle Shanahan. It is Kyle Shanahan. He, he, 
knows Tevin Coleman. He used Tevin Coleman to a lot of great success. And with the the situation brewing in San Fran, uh, with McKinnon's knee still not being 100%, and Breda, I mean, Breda is a is a change of pace style back. He's not a, a early down back. Right. Um, yeah, they might use him a little bit Deion Lewisy like uh, when he was a, a Patriot, but it's going to be the Tevin Coleman show at least until McKinnon proves that he's worthy of sharing some time. Uh, and even if then McKinnon's on waivers right now, cause I mean, nobody, nobody was interested. The in question him. mark of his name and he's having treatment as we speak. So we're not even sure he's going to see week four at this point. And by then Coleman could have cemented himself as the, the starter so much that it won't even matter. I think Tevin Coleman's a wonderful flex pick. And because I got to pair him, uh, I, I got him for $20. So I had plenty of money to spare. Uh, I managed to also pick up Mark Ingram. That's a good pickup. Now, Ingram's not, uh, or hasn't been anyway. He wasn't really the the pass catcher uh, in, in New Orleans. He did show that he's perfectly capable of it. Absolutely, he's capable of it. Um, but just his his sheer tenacity as a running back, how he re- really rarely missed time, uh, and, and being with a young quarterback, mobile quarterback, I expect read options. Uh, I expect Mark Ingram to be on the field quite often uh, now in Baltimore. And he was also a really solid pass blocker. So what what's to say we're not in a shotgun formation, pass block up the middle, dump off for 20 yards? Just the, the options are there. I got him for $12. There was a lot of envy going around after that. Uh, we had a guy post. actually offering him like actual auction dollars in the middle of the auction to take him off his roster. Which we don't allow for trading uh, mid-auction. We don't allow for trading of auction dollars. But if we did, he was going to give me more than the value I paid for him to trade him, uh, which just tells me that that was a pretty good, pretty good move. I would agree so. And you know, just going back on the Coleman situation here, um, fantastic pick, especially for twenty dollars. We don't know what type of quarterback Jimmy G is going to be for the long term. We've had a small sample size in terms of the four games he had last year. Um, not been that good this year in preseason, and that's versus the B squads. So we'll have to see how Jimmy G performs against actual NFL caliber talent. I'd like to think. Uh, knowing that he, you know, he comes from the Patriots organization, knowing that Kyle Shanahan is a very, very smart, uh, football coach. I would like to think that, uh, they'll, they'll utilize Tevin Coleman similar to how the Patriots were utilizing James White. I imagine it will be, and that's going to be the benefit of Tevin Coleman, uh, to the detriment of everyone not named George Kittle on the Niners. Welcome to Kittletown, USA, San Francisco. Yeah, he went for a healthy amount in our uh, draft. As he should. That man is hard to cover. Well, this is my first year in the auction draft, but I did hear that this is the first year this particular league is instituting the must-start tight end option. Previously, we would have wide receivers and tight ends as a a flex. You could start either a wide receiver or a tight end. Uh, And we had three of those positions. Um, As we've gone on, most other leagues have dedicated wide receiver spots. Uh, ESPN Standard has dedicated tight end spots. And it just got to a point where tight ends had no value in this league. You could fill an entire roster with dollar tight ends. We wanted to put a little bit back into that. Uh, commissioner decided, let's make tight ends required. And sure enough, George Kittle went for uh, over $40 if I, did, if I Absolutely. remember And the worst thing, not the worst thing, but the thing about it is he was a little bit later in the draft. So no one really had a giant chip stack left to spend a, a giant amount of money on him. So 40 bucks at that time was three-fourths of some people's chip stacks. So let's just a uh, quick run through uh, our last couple of picks here. So after Fournette, 
uh, who is your your best favorite pickup? Well, my best and favorite pickup, and I, I sat for a while, guys, because after I picked up Fournette, I believe I was down to about $12, um, which was not a lot for the remaining eight spots on my team. Um, but my best and favorite, very, very late round pick, Matt Ryan kind of fell through the cracks a little bit. I got him for a staggering $1. Going into this, knowing we were going to spend a lot of money, I believe your your original game plan was to go with Josh Allen. I was targeting the Josh Allen John Brown uh, connection just because I, I felt like I could get them both for a dollar super late in the draft. And Josh Allen's got a cannon. John Brown can run really, really fast. I was expecting a couple 65 yard bomb touchdowns. But here's the kicker John Brown got drafted in like the seventh round John Brown for $7. Which he was, no, he was nominated for $7. Yes. Which that raised some eyebrows. Um, the the gentleman who, who nominated him, a little new to the league as well, wasn't really sure exactly. Like, I guess he really wanted John Brown. I mean, I guess maybe he did. I, I thought maybe he meant Jaron Brown, which is not necessarily an upgrade, not worth $7. But just the fact that John Brown got nominated in the first place off the Buffalo Bills, not a super great offensive team. I was going for a value, and Josh Allen's going to be a great value quarterback. Given that if I would wouldn't have gotten Matt Ryan, I definitely would have stuck with my Josh the Allen. The irony here is we were expecting Matt Ryan to to be one of the higher ticket quarterbacks, given how he finished last year. He was, he was QB three. So when he first of all he was selected as the the silent bid round uh, restricted free agent of one of our players, and the crazy part was nobody bid on him in the, in the silent auction, and he was released into the draft pool. And as it turns around, the guy who goes then and gets Julio, who we thought was going to be his restricted free agent, uh, picks back up Julio, picks up Calvin Ridley as well, and then picks up Baker Mayfield, which a fantastic quarterback in his own right. But if you're looking at having Julio, typically you want to also get Matt Ryan to have that sweet stack in terms of points. It's There's, there's kind of two schools of thought there. Uh, obviously, you mentioned when they both do poorly – it sucks twice as hard. It does, but you got to look at the talent on the Falcons' offense. I can't see them laying too many stinkers, but again, the thought that they might just not be able to connect is troublesome. But on the other hand, when they both light it up, Automatic you're doing win. really well. Uh, the crazy thing here, uh, as the, that owner said, um, and uh, Jared, if you're listening, uh, throw some bows. Um, it was a tear today. Uh, he wasn't expecting Baker Mayfield to go so cheap. Baker Mayfield went for what, seven I think he went for 10. 10? But it was close enough. Know, inexpensive in comparison. We had uh, Deshaun Watson go for 17. And, and then we the, had Pat Mahomes go for 22. And so the quarterback started going for cheaper and cheaper. And as he said, he wasn't really expecting to draft Baker Mayfield. But when Baker Mayfield is right there for that cheap, you kind of got to go for him. And that's what happened with you and Fournette. And that's what happened with me and one of my favorite pickups. Uh, you know, this is Wisconsin. It is Wisconsin. Everyone there. Save for two guys. We had a one Bears fan, one Chargers fan. And do, a Bills fan, on that. ironically. Well, he's a interesting fellow. Uh, the majority of everyone else, Packer fans, in in the past, Aaron Rodgers has gone for over $100 back in his prime. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Crazy. Not kidding. Um, <laughs> this year, $14 to yours truly. That was a shocker, too, because I'm sitting next to Sam, and he's just throwing out a bid, like, you know, holding up his one finger, saying, I'm adding one more dollar to the bid. He goes 12, 13, 14, and no one continues. Crickets. 
actual crickets. And the the guy who I was in a bidding war with who's had Aaron Rodgers like the last decade just said you can have him. And it was great. And, and now, looking at Sam's team, he's got the Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers stack, which, we, you know, everyone loves a good stack. But you got one of the best stacks in the league. Now, you say what you want about Rodgers' recent performances. New coach, new system, new focus. Do they do they perform well? We'll see. Obviously, I'm banking on it. But honestly, I would take, if you told me that I could have Aaron Rodgers in a Wisconsin draft for 14 of my $200, I would tell you you're lying. And when you're bringing up the new coach, new offense, new whatever, let's put it this way. Speaking of Matt Ryan Julio that we were just on, no matter what coach, no matter what coordinator, no matter what everything, Matt Ryan to Julio is just a foregone conclusion, much like Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams will be a foregone conclusion. It's, it's there. It's going to happen. It's going to happen a lot if they're both on the field. Now, we're going to look at p- picks that we had that we think we might have overspent on or ones that we don't think were as good. So looking at your roster, who jumps out to you as kind of either an overspend or maybe a wasted pick? Well, really quick for for the listeners, I'm just going to run down the rest of my roster, give you guys an idea of what we're working with. Uh, Obviously, we have Aaron Rodgers in the quarterback position, uh, Ezekiel Elliott as my uh, running back one, Devontae Adams as my wide receiver one, Eric Ebron as my tight end, uh, Mark Ingram and Tevin Coleman as my other running backs. I have Allen Robinson, Larry Fitzgerald, Tyrell Williams, and Kiki Koti. Is it Koti or QT? I believe it's QT. Well, I'm not like get your get your cootie shot. Whatever, Kiki. Uh, rounds out my team. I have uh, the Browns kicker, whose name I can't pronounce, and uh, the Chargers defense. Uh, just to give you an idea of everything on there. Now, guys, I feel like I overspent on. Um, at the end of the day. I'm not super fussed about the amounts of money I spent. What I'm fussed about are the guys I didn't get that I had a chance. I was in a bidding war for uh, Zach Ertz, and the guy who got him looked like he was about to tap out. I just had less money than him, and I tapped out first. Zach Ertz went for... 43? He was over 40. He was over 40? Over 40. Are you sure? I'm positive. Interesting. Even still, I still felt like that was well within reach. At the time, I had over $50. It would have been pretty much down to 10 bucks for the rest of my team. I wouldn't have gotten Ingram. I wouldn't have gotten Coleman. I wouldn't have gotten Rodgers. But I would have had Zach Ertz. I would have had a core of some stud players. I felt a little bad that I let him go. Um, I'm also a little bit upset that uh, towards the end of the draft, um, I was starting to nominate players that I thought other people wanted uh off the chance that i could sneak by and pick up one of my players that i wanted for a dollar uh and ended up getting eric ebron who i wasn't targeting in my draft and i got kiki who i also wasn't targeting in my draft uh i just figured you know the value was there somebody else would overbid me i only had a dollar to work with uh and it it didn't happen it did not um i will say though that i am upset that you stole tyrell williams uh from me Shouldn't say still. I didn't nominate him because I was waiting for a little bit later. This is the part of the draft where I had literally only $1 left for every player on my team. You're waiting essentially for other teams to fill out their rosters so they can't bid on your players or also be down to a dollar. So it's just basically a snake draft at that point. Right. And so I was waiting one more go round of the uh, rotation for who could nominate who. I'm staring at him. He's on my list of people. He's highlighted. He's ready to go. He's got a good bye week because I had no bye week sixes. And Sam here nominates Tyrell Williams 
and takes him from me. In my defense, there were other players who had uh, money left over who could have upbid me. And he unfortunately was not one of them. And apparently nobody wanted him, which I think is a mistake, especially with all of the uh, drama surrounding AB this year. Um, Derek Carr still has a cannon. Team might not be super great at this point, but uh, with AB on the field, we saw the emergence of Juju Smith-Schuster as an amazing player. Tyrell Williams always was kind of in the shadow of Keenan Allen. Uh, I think that this year he has an opportunity to build some rapport with Derek Carr and emerge as a wide receiver two kind of uh, player. And if, hey, if AB, uh, for whatever reason, isn't on the field, helmet, feet, something else, Tyrell Williams becomes the number one. Must have, but uh, much like Samden, I'm going to read off the remainder of my roster and uh, tell you my sadnesses and happinesses. Uh, so I've got Matt Ryan again as my quarterback. We talked about that. Lev Bell, DeAndre Hopkins, and Leonard Fournette, as we talked about. I did get Austin Hooper as my tight end. I've got Christian Kirk as a receiver, along with Albert Wilson, Curtis Samuel, uh, Deion Lewis as a running back, and Devin Singletary off of Buffalo. You, you were dollar menuing a little bit more or a little bit sooner than I was I because was. of Leonard Fournette. I was. Uh, which I feel, you know, six one half dozen of another. Between Ingram and Coleman together, you've got Fournette, and you have a strong feeling Fournette's going to be a A-plus a player. So uh, you also are really high on Austin Hooper. I am. Um, last report that I heard, I shouldn't say report, but I was watching one of the Falcons preseason games. Uh, they're mentioning that uh, Austin Hooper is studying a lot of Tony Gonzalez footage um basically when when tony gonzalez was doing really well dirk ketter was the offensive coordinator from atlanta at the time so i'm hoping that dirk ketter wants to make austin hooper a similar tony gonzalez knockoff and dirk ketter was recently a part of tampa bay which oj howard and cameron Britt were huge red zone targets so here's to me hoping that just dirk ketter likes to have tight ends in the red zone and tony gonzalez was the man during his his time in the nfl uh, the tight end to own in all fantasy situations. Um, honestly, he was the name that was associated with with tight ends until Gronk. Until Gronk and Kelsey. I mean, Gonzalez was the guy. So you heard it here first, folks. Andy says if Austin Hooper's out there, uh, scoop him up. Don't don't go too early, obviously, because he'll probably be flying under the radar. Uh, but if if you don't. If you're in an auction situation, you don't want to spend a lot of money on Kittle or Ertz, uh, or if it's you know getting the later rounds and you're like, oh, I need to draft a tight end, um, eh, this guy, uh, Austin Hooper is somebody to consider. Uh, I think he's going to finish top ten. I think he's got a good potential. Definitely a high-powered Falcons passing attack as well. Uh, with now their backfield headed up by uh, you know, just Devonta Freeman. Devonta Freeman, um, who again we don't like to say that injuries are going to happen but hey the guy has missed a lot of time the last couple of years unfortunately but um just to get back on the track of who i don't like that i overspent for and who i like that i got a super great value uh the the kind of bummer um christian kirk got nominated from the cardinals and uh someone said four i threw out five just to you know possibly either raise the bid for someone to spend more or um i wasn't mad that i have him now but i think that five dollars was a little too much because the cardinals wide receiver situation is a little murky especially with the addition of michael crabtree uh larry fitzgerald now christian kirk with an unproven kyler murray honestly it's it's one of the situations where christian kirk has the youth he's got the talent he has the upside but we don't know who murray is going to pick as his favorite guy and we all know the the ever present Larry Fitzgerald 
is always there to be a security blanket for a, a rookie quarterback. Uh, and Michael Crabtree, I think the addition of Michael Crabtree is mostly for that uh, rotational, maybe you know, a, like a third, third down, down red zone type guy. He's shown he likes to just kind of catch a pass and fall down. Basically. And what I'm hoping with Christian Kirk is um, he's probably spending a good amount of time on my bench. Um, he's that kind of guy where if I know I need a big amount of points, I can take a flyer and he can be my boom guy. Or if I have a comfortable lead after a Thursday night game, I can take him as kind of like a any extra points he gets me is extra and a bonus. And in all fairness, uh, I had high hopes for him last year in his rookie season. I actually had him on my my roster in one of my leagues because uh, I saw some great things out of him. Unfortunately, they didn't pan out with uh, with Rosen. Um, well, Murray is an upgrade from Rosen, so yeah, I'm hoping that yeah. uh, Christian Kirk we're kind sees of, that we're, we're hoping as well. we're hoping to see a lot of the uh, Deshaun Kaiser to Baker Mayfield exchange here of just a improved quarterback situation means improved performance all around. Uh, I have to say, my favorite pick of yours late round. Dion Lewis. And that's the guy I was going to talk about. I got him for a dollar. Again, he was, uh, I think he was my th- second to last pick. Um, but looking at a, a PPR format, um, looking at the Titans not being super offensive, and, and they're probably playing a lot of games from behind because their defense isn't fantastic. They're not going to be running the ball a lot with Derrick Henry. They're going to be probably passing the ball a lot more, and that's where Dion Lewis comes into play. Derrick Henry's production last year was weird. He had a, a handful of games where he just he busted out ridiculously long runs. In fact, it, it was very reminiscent of Leonard Fournette's rookie season where he had some games where his average run was like three yards, but he had that 173-yard touchdown. Exactly. Followed by a 94-yard touchdown. You're just like, what is this guy? Now, Derrick Henry, the thing about him, if you look at last year, you look at the games that the Titans were winning or, or won and the games that they had lost, Derrick Henry's split in terms of points is tremendous in terms of he scores a lot more when they win obviously, but when they're losing and when they're losing early, he's not being utilized because Deion Lewis's skill set fits the losing a little bit better. You need to move the chains, and you can't exactly do that with a bruising, LeGarrette Blunt, Derrick Henry-style running back. Right. Deion Lewis is the pass catcher. He's uh, a wonderful uh, pass blocker from his time uh, with the Patriots, and I I agree. I think that he was a sneaky, good late-round pickup uh, for a good flex play and that's really all you needed with your top two running backs being as good as they are right and with the third flex spot obviously you can start up to three running backs but ideally you're just starting the two not to mention uh with my bye weeks being a little bit staggered um Deion lewis fills that week when you know week six i lose love bell i can plug Deion lewis in pretty easily i'm sorry so week four is love bell not week six overall uh looking at our, our rosters here uh, i was pretty happy with everything that i put together i would say my my weakest uh, my lowest grade at a position is probably tight end. With the uh, the pickup of Eric Ebron, I mean, I, that guy is a stud, but the guy was a stud when Andrew Luck was throwing him the ball. I'm hoping that uh, they keep the same playbook, to be honest. Hopefully. Uh, but uh, that's where it's, it's a bit of a question mark. There's probably going to be some uh, preseason shuffling with uh, a waiver pickup here or there just to add some depth to that position if there's really anybody on the waiver wire worth adding. Uh, so I would say that was probably my weakest position. Um, how, how would you look at uh, where, where's your grade at? So I was going to take the same route. I was going to say tight end, but looking at Hooper, I do have high hopes for him. Um, so I'm not super down on my tight end spot. Obviously, you got a tight end that you weren't expecting to get um, where I picked the one that I wanted. Uh, my weakest position with you know DeAndre Hopkins notwithstanding is receiver. Because you look at my receiver's lineup, and I got DeAndre Hopkins, and then I've got Christian Kirk, Curtis Samuel, 
Albert Wilson. Pretty steep drop-off in terms of the quality receiver. There's not a whole ton of value out there on the waiver wire to look at either, which is scary. However, DeAndre Hopkins should be your slotted starter. Well, and it's fantastic because, again, we're only required to start one receiver in this league, so it can always be DeAndre Hopkins. And with the way my, my lineup looks, you know, Lev Bell and Leonard Fournette are getting the starts weekly. So I really only need to start one extra person. And overall, it, we're still a, a little bit of time before the first regular season game. There's a little bit that can happen, some development, uh, unfortunate injuries. Um, roster swaps as some players outperform others. Uh, I believe uh, Washington of the Steelers went undrafted, and he's been outperforming Dante Moncrief a little bit. I believe he so has. So certain things to look at there. Um, definitely some depth uh, to work on on that front. But, uh, again, you, you went a bit more of the running back focused of making sure you got a, two top running backs, uh, whereas I went for a little bit, little bit more well-rounded. Points-wise, we'll see how that shakes out um, overall. Uh, let us know what you think of our rosters. Uh, you can go ahead and tweet us uh, at TecmoBrosFF. Or you can hit us up at email, same, techmobrosff at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. I saw we had a good amount of support from the question we asked last week. Did Sam make a good trade last week, Tyreek Hill, uh, for Devontae Adams in our work league? Uh, I believe it was 68-32 to 32 in favor of, yes, you made a good trade. Um, so a lot of people like Devontae Adams over Tyreek Hill. And. I have to agree. Honestly, the, the reason why I decided to go with that, we, we talked about the consistency, but it, this is the year. If the Packers are going to make a playoff push, it's going to be behind the the hands of Devontae Adams. Uh, so I appreciate you guys' uh, feedback on that. I feel pretty confident. I'm glad that you guys agree. Um, now, before we get into the work league and going over those rosters for you guys, uh, we just wanted to share a couple of crazy uh, additions. We talked about John Brown getting nominated for $7, uh, six more than we expected him to go for. Uh, in the silent auction round the uh, restricted free agent round uh alvin kamara was was picked up for 111 dollars and the crazy thing was uh that was the highest bid but only by a little someone else bid 104 dollars it's just crazy the amount of money you're spending on one running back we know kamara is going to be a hot commodity this year uh, without Ingram, he's the guy in the backfield. Uh, he's a dual threat, uh, and it's the Saints. They're a good team, a good running team as well. However, Christian McCaffrey was in the actual auction. He was. He was there. He was. He was released by the guy who got Kamara. And the crazy thing is, we're going to put this poll up on our on our Twitter as well. Would you rather have Alvin Kamara for $111 or Christian McCaffrey for $103? Um, obviously, that's going to be your personal preference, but we're going to ask regardless of who you think is going to be better. Would you spend the extra eight bucks on Alvin Kamara? Would you spend over a hundred dollars on anyone? That's also that'll be option C. That'll be option C because uh, a handful of guys didn't. Um, it really it really depends. This league is all about getting your top players, and if your top players hit, and if your top top players perform like top players, you usually do pretty well. Absolutely. Um, however. My goodness, that's a lot of money to spend on an individual player. Um, besides that, who stood out to you, uh, if you remember, as somebody who just went for a crazy... Just an ungodly amount of money? For for who he was. It doesn't have to be a, a, a big stack, but it does have to be, you know, for, for the position, for the player itself. So, 
it's a crazy thing. Um, so Chris Carson was also in the restricted free agent round. He was a keeper. Um, $40 for Chris Carson uh, felt a little high for me, considering I, I got Leonard Fournette for $37. Uh, granted, that happened after the restricted free agent round. But um, 40 bucks for a guy in a timeshare just seems a little high. And in all fairness, it's uh, a team that runs the ball a lot. It it uh, I don't know how to feel about that because it could be really good, but it could be really bad. I think the the main thing to consider here, the guy who picked him up, that's his top running back. That's his top running back. That's his RB1. So we'll see. Hopefully that pans out for him. I mean, good value if you get your RB1 production out of a $40 player. But right. We'll see. I, I How much did... Um, did Godwin go for Chris Godwin went for $38, which I believe actually in this quote, you know, don't, don't quote me on this. I think I might, I might be wrong, but that's either equal to or more than Mike Evans went for somewhere in that range. Cause I believe Mike Evans didn't go for more than 40 cause he was in the RFA round. I don't know who all bid on him, but I'm pretty sure it was around 39 to $40. That it was Mike close Evans to went there. For. It was close to there. So Godwin went for almost as much. And the crazy thing is, on the team that got him, Godwin was the most money spent uh, with two other players that were uh, are pretty decent. Uh, I believe Kenny Galladay went for 30 um, on the same roster as $38 Chris Godwin. So he's packing himself up with decent talent at receivers, but 38 bucks for a wide receiver, too. And I believe and an uh, offense he also that's unproven. Was it also uh, Josh Gordon on that team as well for? 20, 20 something. It's 20 something. Um, obviously, Over with 20. the news that he's practicing in pads is good for that guy's roster. Um, but I'm not sure what kind of condition he's going to be in. Do you remember when Josh Gordon came back uh, coming off of his, what, three or two year suspension or whatever it was? Um, he looked good. He looked tired. His conditioning wasn't quite there. He looked slower than we expected him to be. So if he can get back to that, Josh Gordon, again, it's the Patriots. The Patriots run the ball, not to mention the Patriots' defense is very, very good. So if they score any points on defense, you're seeing a lot of Sonny Michelle. You're seeing a lot of James White. You might not see as much Josh Gordon because the Patriots do not throw the ball when they're up. It's not the old Brady to Moss era anymore. But, uh, hey, you know, stranger things uh, can happen. There were some crazy, uh, crazy amounts spent uh, on guys, crazy low amounts spent on guys. Emmanuel Sanders went for under $5. Single digits. Single digits. $4. Well, then. And he looks really good after his Achilles tear. Did you see him in the preseason, his his, uh, 10 snaps? I did. You know, just something to be said, these don't always go the way we expect uh, sometimes players go for ridiculously more than what we expected. Sometimes somebody's still sitting there and you're going, how has this guy not been taken yet? Uh, so you just got to be able to think on the fly. Um, you might not be in an auction, though. You might be in a snake draft, look, staring down the list of best available, knowing that uh, somebody before you is going to probably try to take best available um, let's quick run down our work league here uh, for you. Uh, take a look at the rosters. You can give us some feedback on that. Um, now, uh, it, we were spots 13 and 14. You mm-hmm. finished second last year. I, I, I won the league last year. Correct. Uh, so I was spot 14. It's spot 14, uh, no particular order. Uh, I have uh, Josh Allen as my quarterback, a little bit of a, a nod to what your original plan was in this league. Um, I have uh, David Johnson, Kenny Galladay, uh, Jared Cook, uh, Devonta Adams, as I traded for, I originally drafted Tyreek Hill. Um, I have Josh Jacobs. Um, I have Tevin Coleman. I have um, David Montgomery, Dante Moncrief, and John Brown. Now, I recently uh, dropped my defense. I don't remember who I drafted on my defense. It doesn't matter. Defenses um, are pretty, to pick pretty up, interchangeable. Pick up Kirk Cousins. 
I like the idea of of Josh Allen. I kind of want to see what happens here before the before the year starts. I'm not sold on him, and I don't think anyone else is really going to bother picking him up if I do end up dropping him. I just we're in Wisconsin. It's so hard to cheer for the Vikings. It really is. And it's I don't even like harder that. to cheer for a Kirk Cousins led Vikings. Oh Lord, I don't like that. I don't. But he's there. He's probably best available, and I just I want to win. I want to win. You do, and you got a crown to defend. Uh, now in this league, uh, we run it like the the older version of our auction league, where uh, it's one quarterback, one required running back, three wide receiver, tight end, flex positions. You can start a wide receiver or a tight end. One true flex, flex. true flex of uh, running back, wide receiver, or tight end, and then four bench spots as well. Again, if you drop a player, if you drop a kicker or defense, you can pick up an additional bench spot, as I have while we're in the preseason here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vice versa, I was spot 13, so I was drafting right in front of Sam here. Uh, Again, no particular order, just straight down from QB to bench. We got Baker Mayfield, we've got Derrick Henry, we've got OBJ, Travis Kelsey, Robert Woods, Phillip Lindsay, Curtis Samuel, Jamison Crowder, Rashad Penny, and Deion Lewis. Um, I did initially draft Albert Wilson. I think he's bound for good things when he gets healthy in Miami. Um, but having Derrick Henry, again, with my with the what I just talked about before with Derrick Henry and, and my value pick of Deion Lewis, I want to make sure I have him for those matchups that I know are going to be terrible. Um, so I can take Derrick Henry out. I can keep Philip Lindsay as my normal back. Again, having your one running back in a timeshare isn't ideal. But I could not pass up Travis Kelsey on the elbow uh, after drafting OBJ just because Travis Kelsey is probably the safest thing in fantasy football. Um, I know we talked about last week he has a little bit of up and downs, but Travis Kelsey is just the the top-tier tight end, period. And he's more than just a tight end. He's a pass catcher in that offense. Uh, He produces like a receiver does, which is – there's something to be said about that. Uh, Now, really quick, kind of hit it and quit it on these – some favorite pickups. Uh, obviously, I have Tevin Coleman again. You heard that twice. I uh, really expect him to do good things. Uh, if he doesn't, I'll have some egg on my face. Uh, but besides him, I'm liking all of the love uh, for the rookie out of Oakland here. Uh, Josh Jacobs is getting a lot of praise from the experts. I don't tend to take the experts' opinion uh, as fact because they've been wrong before and they're sponsored by Daily Fantasy. Uh but I like this kid, too. I think that this team has a lot of potential. Uh, they were able to make something out of a coming-out-of-retirement beast mode. I think that a rookie with fresh legs and a lot to prove has a lot to prove. And he's the guy. They did just release Doug Martin. Not that Doug Martin was going to have any fantasy impact, but he's now the lone guy in that backfield. Which there's something to be said about that, like you were doing with uh, Leonard Fournette. But that's not even my favorite pickup. My favorite pick in this entire draft, Jared Cook. You're all about Jared Cook this year. Look, has Drew Brees had a tight end, a pass-catching tight end, uh, as good as Jimmy Graham since Jimmy Graham left? No. Well, Ben Watson was serviceable, but he was no Jimmy Graham. No, he was no Jimmy Graham. Not Jimmy Graham in his prime. We're talking about Jimmy Graham in his prime. Jimmy Graham in his prime was a different player. Uh, I think that Jared Cook is a vast improvement over everyone who has come and gone in New Orleans. Uh, While he is still, again, no Jimmy Graham in his prime, um, he beats the heck out of a lot of these kind of traveling salesman-style tight ends that are passed around the league um, over and over. He should have been a hotter commodity in the free agency and uh, he does really fill that third uh point getter 
position from New Orleans because if you're not Michael Thomas and you're not Alvin Kamara, you, you know Jared Cook's going to be your best bet. Jared Cook was able to to round out as the number five tight end last year with Derek Carr, uh, substitute in a great New Orleans offense with Drew Effin Breeze. Uh, I see Jared Cook having a potential for a monster year. Uh, so that that one I'm really excited about. Uh, it'll be tough if he's if he's not performing to cut bait on that one. I can tell you that much for sure. Um, and it was my favorite pick of the work league draft. Um, I believe the seventh round on the elbow is when I picked up Baker Mayfield. Uh, it was amazing that I, he kind of fell to me because. The best quarterback started to leave around round five, round six. I mean, this was the same league where Pat Mahomes went in the first round. Fourth overall, Pat Mahomes went yeah. in our work league. So uh, when that happens, and we were talking about this, when, when a quarterback goes, it's it's a domino effect. There's going to be another quarterback. After that was, I believe, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they just started dropping. And w- they started going back to back to back, too, because everyone sees their pick leave, and suddenly they need to pick their next best guy. let me just say this. Multiple teams in that work league do roster two quarterbacks. So we're not talking just, you know, the top, what, 10 quarterbacks left and then Baker Mayfield was to me. We're talking people are already rostering Ben Roethlisberger and Jared Goff. Which was a little bit of a surprise, but then in the auction, we saw people rostering two top tight ends. The guy with Zach Ertz picked up Evan Ingram. Yeah, and he, you know, obviously with a fourteen-team league, if you if you have multiple top ten players, you obviously command an option for a good trade value, um, which we look at a lot of places that have the multiple tight ends, but vice versa, there's a team who has three number one receivers uh, for different teams. Mm-hmm. So he's going to probably try to flip that for either a top running back or a we top could, tight we end. We could definitely see that, uh, and that wasn't the only uh, Travis Kelsey, his owner also has Jared Cook. So it was just something where we didn't, when we drafted in the work league, we were like, why is everyone picking up a backup quarterback? That doesn't make a lot of sense. But then we saw a similar situation happen with tight ends in this league when there's a a position that requires a specific player. uh, One of the schools of thought is to have a decent backup. Um, In both of these leagues, though, the benches are very shallow. I don't see the need to have multiple if there's going to be waiver wire additions. But hey, to each their own. I mean, it's, it's a matter of what you're comfortable with. Obviously, that flex position lets you play anybody non-quarterback. So if you feel confident starting two or even three tight ends in that case, you're allowed to. I wouldn't advise it, but you're allowed to. And not not going to lie, I have to agree with you on that one. The Baker Mayfield pick, I mean, I, my <laughs> mine was Josh Allen. Like, I, when you getting Baker Mayfield, especially right before me, uh, a little bit of salt, a little bit of salt. Just uh, the the quality of quarterback was a steep drop off after that. But, uh, you know, it, it all works itself out in the end. Um, did I say we were going to do this in another 30 minutes? I believe you did, but we're, we're crossing into almost an hour here. We had point. a little bit of fun there. We talked about our, our teams. Uh, let us know what you think about uh, our drafts on the, uh, the, the Twitterverse or uh, through email, whichever you prefer to uh, to do there. Um, we should get a Facebook up, I think. We should. Uh, we'll get around to that. Um, we'll get on that as soon as we can. But as of right now, uh, again, keep an eye on the Twitter. We're going to put a couple polls up. We want to hear some feedback from you guys about what you think about certain things and uh, your draft strategies in your own right. So let us know. We're going to put those up later today. Uh, let us know, uh, too, how your draft goes. Uh, shoot us over your favorite pick. Shoot us over one of your favorite value picks. Uh, let us know if something crazy that happened in your draft, somebody going way too soon. Uh, we'd love to hear it all, and uh, we'll be sure to give you a shout-out on the next podcast. Uh, that is going to be all for uh, for this week, guys. Good luck in your drafts here uh, as we count down to week one. We're so close, guys. We're ready. And uh, let us know what you think, and thanks for coming by. We appreciate it.